0: Welcome to A Journey Through the Grand and Magnificent Events of Royal History. I'm your host, Rebecca Larson. From the castles of medieval Europe to the palaces of modern-day monarchy, we will explore the moments that define the lives of kings and queens and the events that shaped the course of history. From the coronation of King Henry VIII to the abdication of King Edward VIII and from the assassination of Archduke Franz Ferdinand to the wedding of King Edward VII and Queen Alexandra. These are the tales of power, passion, love, and tragedy that have captured the imagination of generations. So sit back, relax, and join us as we delve into the rich and fascinating history of royalty. The Tudor's Dynasty Podcast. Catherine Howard was the youthful fifth wife of King Henry VIII, one of the most remembered rulers in England's history. In the beginning, Catherine was loved by the king, who was captivated by her beauty and charm. However, Catherine was not the virtuous queen that she appeared to be. Behind closed doors, it was revealed that she had led a life of debauchery and infidelity. Despite her misdeeds, Catherine could keep them hidden for a time. However, eventually rumors of her behavior began to spread, and the king's advisors grew suspicious of her. An investigation was launched, and the evidence against Catherine was overwhelming. She was accused of treason for committing adultery and plotting against the king. Catherine was arrested and taken to the Tower of London, where she was held under close guard. The bill of attainder against her was made public, and the evidence was laid out in detail. A bill of attainder declared a person guilty of a crime and sentenced them to death without a trial. This was a highly controversial move, bypassing the usual legal procedures and due process rights. On the 13th of February, 1542, the day of her execution. Catherine was led to the scaffold in front of a large crowd. With her head held high, she faced her fate, accepting the consequences of her actions. Her death marked the end of her life and reign as queen, and served as a warning to others not to follow in her footsteps. In this way, Catherine Howard's story is a tragic one, and a reminder of the power and danger of the political machinations of the court. Despite her youth and beauty, she could not escape the wrath of a king who had grown tired of her scandals and misdeeds. Lady Jane Grey was a remarkable young woman who lived in a time of great uncertainty and change. Born into a noble family, she was gifted with a sharp mind and a deep love of knowledge. Her education in the classics and history had equipped her with the skills to navigate the complex political landscape of England. However, fate had a different plan for her. At the tender age of 16, she was chosen by King Edward VI to succeed him as the ruler of England upon his death. Despite her initial reluctance, Lady Jane was reluctantly drawn into the role of queen. King Edward's death unleashed a struggle for the throne, and Lady Jane was seen as a pawn by the various factions vying for power. Her youth and inexperience made her an easy target, and she was quickly overthrown by Mary Tudor, who claimed the throne for herself as Mary I. Lady Jane was apprehended and remained in the Tower of London, where she was charged with treason. The charges against her were serious, and she was accused of falsely and treacherously accepting the crown of England and acknowledging herself as Jane the Queen, thereby depriving Mary of her royal status, title, order, and power of her kingdom of England. After some time and plots against Mary, unfortunately, Lady Jane Grey had to die. On the 12th of February, 1554, Lady Jane stood before a large crowd delivering a final speech in which she confessed to her sins and asked for forgiveness. Lady Jane's death was a tragedy, and her story has become a symbol of the dangers of political ambition and the toll it can take on those caught up in its plans. Despite her youth and innocence, she was unable to escape the ruthless power struggles of the court and her death serves as a warning to future generations about the high cost of political power. Her legacy lives on, a testament to her bravery and determination in the face of adversity. Catherine of Austria was born into a world of privilege and royal blood, but her life was anything but ordinary. As the youngest daughter of Philip I and Juana of Castile, Catherine was named after her powerful maternal aunt, Catherine of Aragon. Despite her noble birth, Catherine of Austria's early years were marked by turbulence and uncertainty. When her mother was forcibly imprisoned by her grandfather, Catherine was the only child to accompany her, providing comfort and support to her mother during her time of need. As Catherine grew into a young woman, she found herself at the center of political chess. She was married to her first cousin, John III of Portugal, in a union meant to strengthen the bond between their two countries. Despite the challenges of royal life, Catherine flourished as a wife, mother, and queen. She surrounded herself with learned women and built a substantial library, becoming a patron of the arts and an intellectual in her own right. When her husband passed away, Catherine found herself in the midst of a power struggle over the regency of her grandson. Despite facing opposition from her daughter-in-law and niece, Joan of Austria, Catherine held her ground and was granted the title of regent. She served with distinction until she eventually ceded the regency to Henry of Portugal. In the end, Catherine's life was a testament to her strength and determination, as well as her passion for knowledge and the arts. She died on the 12th of February, 1578, at the age of 71. Catherine's legacy lives on, inspiring future generations with her unwavering spirit and her commitment to knowledge and understanding. Once upon a time, in the land of Scotland, a princess was born. Princess Elizabeth was the first child of King James VI of Scotland and his queen, Anne of Denmark. Elizabeth was born on the 19th of August, 1596. She was raised in a royal palace surrounded by luxury and education. And at the tender age of 12, Elizabeth was already fluent in multiple languages and her high royal status made her the center of attention for many suitors. However, Elizabeth was not easily swayed, and most suitors were quickly rejected. In February 1613, Elizabeth finally found her true love in Frederick V, Count of Palatine, of the Rhine. They married at the Grand Palace of Whitehall, surrounded by all the splendor that the royal court could offer. They left for the Rhine two months later and had thirteen children together. But their happiness was short-lived, as their reign as King and Queen of Bohemia only lasted for a year. They were defeated by Ferdinand II, the Holy Roman Emperor, and were forced to flee from Prague. They found refuge in The Hague at the imitation of the Prince of Orange. Although they were safe, Elizabeth's life was filled with heartbreak and tragedy. She lost her husband in 1632 and four of her children soon after. Her brother, Charles I, was executed in England, and the remaining Stuart family lived in exile in Europe. Despite all the hardships, Elizabeth remained strong and continued to care for her family. Years passed and finally the Stuarts were restored to the throne with Elizabeth's nephew Charles II as king. Elizabeth was invited to England and she finally returned to her homeland in 1661. She remained in England until her death from pneumonia in 1662 in London. Elizabeth was buried with all the honors befitting a queen At Westminster Abbey. Elizabeth's legacy lived on through her descendants. Her daughter Sophia was the mother of George I of Great Britain, and it was through Elizabeth that the Hanoverians claimed the throne. She is the ancestress to all British monarchs, starting with George I, and her story is a testament to the strength and resilience of the human spirit. Margaret of France was a rare beauty, a young woman of grace and wisdom, born to the royal court of Philip III of France. She was raised in a world of luxury, surrounded by wealth and power, but despite this, she was a humble and kind-hearted person. In 1299, Margaret's life took a new turn when she was betrothed to Edward I of England, a powerful monarch known for his bravery in battle. The marriage was part of a peace treaty between the two kingdoms, and Margaret was determined to use her influence to bring peace and stability. The wedding was held in Canterbury, and Margaret was welcomed by the people of England with open arms. Her kind and gentle nature won the hearts of all, and she quickly became a beloved member of the court. Margaret's love and devotion towards Edward was unwavering and she soon became his closest confidant, soothing his wrath and reconciling him with his son Edward II. Margaret was a devoted mother, and she took great care of her children, making sure they received the best education and upbringing possible. However, their happiness was not meant to last. In 1307, Edward died while on a campaign to Scotland, leaving Margaret a young widow. Margaret was heartbroken, but she remained strong and continued to play an important role in the kingdom, using her wisdom and influence to bring peace and stability to the realm. Margaret retired to Marlborough Castle, where she lived out the rest of her life. She passed away on the 14th of February, 1318, at the young age of 38. Margaret is remembered as a kind and gentle queen who brought peace and happiness to the kingdom of England. Margaret was buried in Christ Christchurch Greyfriars in London, where she rests to this day a shining example of grace and wisdom. Now I'd like to tell you a story about our one male figure for this week in royal history. Once upon a time, in the year 1449, George Plantagenet was born into a family of royalty and political power. His father, Richard, 3rd Duke of York, was attempting to claim the throne of England, and when his father and elder brother died in battle, his eldest brother took up the cause and eventually became King Edward IV of England. As a result of his family's political success, George was made Duke of Clarence in 1460. He married Isabel Neville, the daughter of a powerful noble known as the Kingmaker, and together they had several children, two of whom survived to adulthood. We know them as Margaret Pole and Edward, Earl of Warwick. Despite his privileged position and advantageous marriage, George was not content with his place in the kingdom. In 1470, he and his father-in-law, Warwick, flipped sides and joined Margaret of Anjou in the Lancastrian cause. However, after realizing he would not receive the rewards he was promised, George returned to England and was restored to his former honors in 1471. However, George's mental health took a turn for the worse after the death of his beloved wife, Isabel, in 1476, which he believed was due to poison. This led him to take part in another rebellion against his brother, King Edward IV. George was imprisoned in the Tower of London, put on trial for treason, and found guilty. He was executed at the Tower of London on the 18th of February, 1478, at the age of 28. George was buried at Tewkesbury Abbey next to his wife, but his legacy lived on through his children. Tragically, his son Edward Plantagenet, Earl of Warwick, was executed in 1499 by King Henry VII, and his daughter, Margaret Pole, was executed in 1541 by King Henry VIII. The story of George, Duke of Clarence, is one of ambition, betrayal, and a tragic end. Despite his noble birth and powerful connections, He was unable to secure a place for himself in the kingdom, and ultimately paid the price for his actions. And lastly, Mary I of England, also sadly known as Bloody Mary, was born on the 18th of February, 1516, at Greenwich Palace. She was the daughter of King Henry VIII and his first wife, Catherine of Aragon. Her birth marked a turning point in English history, as she would later become the first queen regnant of England and Ireland. Mary's birth was celebrated throughout England, and her parents, King Henry VIII and Queen Catherine, were overjoyed at the arrival of their daughter. Despite their joy, however, the birth of this daughter was also seen as a disappointment by many, as the couple had been hoping for a son who would secure the Tudor dynasty. Nevertheless, Mary was doted on by her parents and received a princely education fit for a future queen. The early years of Mary's life were overshadowed by political turmoil and religious upheaval. Her mother's marriage to King Henry VIII was declared invalid after the establishment of the Church of England, making Henry VIII its head. As Mary grew up, she became known for her intelligence and her strong Catholic faith. Her father's subsequent marriages and the birth of her half-siblings, including the future Edward VI and Elizabeth I, created tension within the royal family and threatened Mary's position as the king's heir. Despite these challenges, Mary remained steadfast in her beliefs and her commitment to the Roman Catholic Church. In 1553, at the age of 37, Mary became Queen of England following the death of her half-brother Edward VI. Her reign, which lasted from 1553 to 1558, was marked by religious conflict and political turmoil as she sought to restore the Roman Catholic Church in England. Despite the controversy surrounding her reign, Mary's legacy has been the subject of historical examination and debate for centuries. While her reign was characterized by religious conflict and political upheaval, her commitment to her beliefs and her determination to restore the Roman Catholic Church in England have made her one of the most memorable and significant figures in English history. In the end, Mary's legacy lived on, as the story of her birth, her life, and her reign has been passed down through the centuries, inspiring future generations and serving as a testament to the power of faith and determination. And so the little princess, born in Greenwich Palace, who was once considered a disappointment, went on to become one of the most memorable and significant figures in English history, forever remembered as the queen who dared to follow her heart and her destiny. And that concludes this week in Royal History. I'd like to give a big shout out to my newest patron, Melba V. Thank you so much for becoming a patron. And thank you so much to all of your current patrons. If you would love to show your support and also become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash tutorsdynasty. You'll get all kinds of freebies, early access, and so much more. And as always, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for your support. Until next week. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tudors Dynasty podcast. You can follow and support the Tudor's Dynasty podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon at Tudor's Dynasty.